Sunshine Republic podcast. We'll take a look at a number of exotic and culinary adventures in and around Homestead and the Everglades. Um, you know, as ever as the Everglades is a hike for just about everyone uh, in our listening audience. What I would uh, point people to is to start with um, with refreshments at a Starbucks at 76 East Palm Drive in Florida City. It's right off the turnpike, and um, you can stoke yourself up with some caffeine on the way, and that's a that's a really good starting point. But departing Starbucks, uh, one of the least known uh, uh, adventures today is a rocket facility. So departing west from from Starbucks, you can you can head west um, all the way down to Aerojet Road. So Aerojet is actually the name of the facility, and I'll give you a little background that uh, you know back in the late fifties when the U.S. was planning on going to the moon, the U.S. Air Force gave Aerojet General, a rocket manufacturer, $3 million to construct a manufacturing and testing site in Homestead. Uh, Aerojet bought the land uh, a few miles um, east of Everglades National Park uh, at $2.50 an acre for an annual lease with an option to buy 25,000 more acres. More acres. They also dug a canal. The C-111 canal, uh, also known as the Aerojet Canal, was dug even though it was very close to Everglades National Park, as back then economic development won over any environmental concerns. The canal would be used to barge rockets in from the facility to Cape Canaveral. You know, this facility was building solid-fueled rocket boosters of the size needed, a single solid-fueled rocket booster of the size needed for the Saturn V rockets. And back then, um, discussion arose as to whether you use liquid-fueled rocket engines, solid ones, or some combination of, of both. Um, initially, solid-fueled rockets were favored, um, but um, in the end, that, that didn't work work out. So during that process, though, before they got to that end game, a, they decided to build 24-meter-long, 260-inch diameter uh, rocket, rocket chambers. Um, and a number of those were, were delivered and were test-fired. In fact... Between September 25th, 1965 and June 1967, three test firings were done. Uh, the first was fired at night, and the flame was visible from Miami, 50 kilometers away. Uh, the second one was fired with similar success and was relatively uneventful. Um, the third test firing took place by reusing some of the hardware from the second test, and it was known as SL3, and would have been what had, uh, the, would have been the final test rocket. It used a partially submerged nozzle um, into into the Everglades, but near the end of the burn, near the burnout, the rocket nozzle was ejected and caused propellant comprising comprised of hydrochloric acids and other dangerous substances 
to be spread across the wetlands in the Everglades and crops and fields all over Homestead. Many residents locally complained about the damage, um, including paint damage to their cars and killing thousands of dollars of crops, including avocados. Um, but by 1969, NASA decided to go with liquid-fueled engines for the Apollo Saturn V rockets, and that caused the workers to be laid off and the facility to be abandoned. So at uh, it's been abandoned ever since. So what is fascinating is you can park your, your bicycle right there at the head of Aerojet Road and ride among these abandoned facilities. And um, truthfully, they haven't been touched since you know, the late 1960s. It's very eerie and it's very um, uh, picturesque uh, as well. Uh, many graffiti artists have taken to um, go and do their work there and and paint some tremendous graphics of of uh, all sorts of things on these very large three and four story concrete, very industrial buildings. Uh, one of the highlights that uh, sadly is no longer available is that at the southernmost end of the complex, down a, a three mile down uh, three miles south of the main construction uh, and fabrication complex is actually where the rocket motor is still housed. And up until about 10 years ago, you actually could could go and uh, go into a small metal shed, look through a grating, and see a tremendous rocket motor mounted in the ground. Um, because of safety reasons, that um, that shed has been dismantled, and while the rocket still remains there in the ground, it has been covered by um, a multitude of Jersey barriers, precluding anyone from from looking into the hull. But I would say it's it's a um, very fascinating and very different ride in, within the Everglades. So if you um, bring your bicycle, and a bicycle is is recommended. It's a it's a it's a long walk. It's probably a three or four mile round trip among all the facilities and down to the rocket motor. Um, so it's better to bring a bicycle. And uh, as well as uh, some uh, an extra tube uh, for your bicycle because there is some some gravel and wreckage and different things that uh, you know may may uh, cause a flat in your in your bike's bike tire. Once you've been involved with the whole Aerojet experience, uh, you may be up for more of a nature experience. So the next stop, very, uh, only only a mile or two mile or two down the road, actually is the Everglades National Park and the Ernest Cove Visitor Center. Uh, when you pay your admission, it, it, it's it's strongly encouraged to do go to the visitor center. They do have a tremendous amount of educational displays and films and brochures, uh, collections by local artists. And they will answer every every question you you may have about the Everglades. So that certainly is is worthwhile stopping in there. But of course, for the for the first time visitor, and and whether um, and even if you've been a, been there a multitude of times, one of the most favorite sites there, uh, right near the visitor center, is the Anhinga Trail. It's a short trail. Um, less than half a mile in length. Um, it's about four miles from the formal entrance to the park. 
Uh, and it starts at the, at a Royal Palm Visitor Center with bathrooms and water. Uh, but this trail is a paved walkway and then portions of it are a boardwalk over the Taylor Slough, a freshwater sawgrass marsh. There's a, a tremendous amount of abundant wildlife from, uh, all types of, uh, alligators, turtles, anhingas, herons, egrets, um, Lots of grasshoppers, uh, turtles. We've seen uh, turtles laying eggs right alongside the walkway. Um, it really is one of the most best places where you can see the most amount of, of wildlife close up. Uh, it is one of the most popular trails in the park. So I would urge everyone to um, to get there early. And you might want to even uh, avoid the busiest days of the year. Um it is notable, and you can find some videos of this on, on YouTube, that in 2003, tourists wit- witnessed a fight between an alligator and a Burmese python that went on for uh, almost a day until a larger alligator joined the fight and the snake escaped. Uh, there was quite a bit of video news coverage of that. That's an interesting thing to, uh, to, to watch. Um, there's other bike trails that uh, are in and around the area and hiking trails as well that um, you can take advantage of. But uh, if you've been to Aerojet for for an hour or two or three, and then the Anhinga Trail, it'll be you'll be hot. You might have and you might be in need of refreshments. So one great spot to stop in is the Schnebly Winery. Which, which is, uh, very close and it is world renowned for its tropical fruit wines. And, um, before, before you question and uh, turn up your nose at tropical fruit wines, they, they are not all that sweet. They, they are, are drinkable. And, um, even if you don't like the wine, Schnebly now makes, um, a number of different, uh, they brew beer there as well. And it's a great spot for a respite from the sun. Their facility now includes some, some huge tiki huts that are, um, often come with live music on weekends. So that, that's really worth a visit to see the creative wines that are made from, from avocado and mango and, the, uh, all types of varieties of, of, of rare tropical fruit that grows in, in the homestead area. So if from your visit to Schnebly, you've developed a taste for rare tropical fruit, or if you already have an appreciation for, for tropical fruits in Florida, a simply don't miss visit is Robert is here. Uh, Robert is here is a fruit and vegetable market that uh, Robert is the proprietor. Uh, Robert in the early 60s, uh, was the son of an avocado farmer and his dad sent him out on the side of the road with some avocados to sell and no one stopped or so goes the legend. On the second day, Robert's dad put a sign over Robert on the side of the road with his table of avocados that said Robert is here. Well, it's now 60 years later. And Robert is here, has metamorphosized into a tremendous visiting uh, location. Uh, 
Uh, not only is it a huge farm market of of all types of, of fruits and vegetables grown in homestead. There's a number of of all types of uh, canned um, jellies and uh, things made out of out of fruits and vegetables and produce from from the local area. They, in in the past decade or two, they've become very well known for making shakes with any combination of rare fruit that's available uh, that day. So you can perhaps have a black sapote or jabota kava shake or uh, all types of all types of egg fruit, uh, carambola, whatever, whatever is there today, and uh, mame. Uh, it's uh, always fascinating to try new combinations of of their shakes, and you really need to have a shake if you if you stop at Roberts. Uh, more recently, they've added quite a bit out back, including a petting zoo with um, a wide range of domesticated animals, from cows and tortoises and chickens and goats, um, which is Great fun for the kids, um, and you can feed them carrots, and that's uh, just just a, a great entertaining um, location. Uh, they too have entertainment on weekends, um, typically guitar players. Uh, our last stop, our last culinary stop, and our last stop for for the day. Um, if you have not uh, had enough food and you're still a little hungry after um, food at at Schnebley's and and some of the sandwiches that are available at Roberts is a uh, certainly a, a family favorite. Shiver's Barbecue in Homestead for a long time has been the go-to stop not only for for myself uh, and the folks that are on my ventures in, in in the area, but for many people. And for 60 years, they've been serving the best barbecue in the Homestead area. And I would uh, and I would urge anyone if you uh, uh, need a little sustenance on the ride home to wherever your final destination may be, I would stop in at at Shiver's Barbecue at twenty eight thousand and one South Dixie Highway, Homestead, Florida three three zero three three Shiver's. That's S H I V E R S, and you will not be disappointed. So that's a uh, another quick visit to to uh, a locale in Florida with some uh, adventures today. Uh, we started at at Starbucks to kick our day off. We visited Aerojet uh, and and the uh, rocket facility there, the uh, Ernest Co Visitor Center, the Ang- and Hinger Trail, uh, four miles away from the visitor center in the Everglades. Uh, then we took a culinary turn to the Schnebley Winery, Robert is here, and finally Shiver's Barbecue. Uh, I thank you again for joining us on this edition of the Sunshine Republic podcast, and we look forward to seeing you on a future edition. Thank you very much.